Welcome to the latest episode of Schneps Connects. This is Josh Schneps wishing everyone a happy new year for our first episode of the year. Not too long ago, we had uh, Ellen Bear on our podcast, who has since stepped down as president of the Hudson Square bid. But today we have back to Hudson Square area with Samara Karasek, who joined the Hudson Square bid as president and CEO in November of 2021. So just a couple months ago. She has more than two decades of experience in public-private partnerships, diverse team management, communications, public affairs, intergovernmental relations, public uh, policymaking, and project management. Previously, Samara was the five-borough Chamber of Commerce lead for the New York City Small Business Resource Network and oversaw a $2.8 million private-public partnership in collaboration with all five borough chambers of commerce, the New York City Economic Development Corporation and the Partnership for New York City, all great organizations. She was also executive vice president and chief policy officer of the Brooklyn Chamber of Commerce where we knew each other. Before her work at the chamber, Samara worked for the government of New York City for many years, including the New York City DOT, TLC, parks and finance departments. Samara has a bachelor's degree in international relations and Hispanic studies from Brown University and a master of public administration from Columbia University. She enjoys spending time with her family in Brooklyn. I'm a Brooklyn resident, walking everywhere, eating delicious food, running, reading novels, and working out on local politics and policy. That, that's a long explanation of Samara, but she's got a great background. She's a great person and, and so happy to have you on the show as CEO of the Hudson Square Bid. Welcome. Thanks, Josh. I'm excited to be here. So I feel like I read out like your whole bio, but you know, I would really love to for you to just share a little bit about yourself and maybe what led you into this role. Yeah. So, you know, I started my career in New York City working for a number of different city agencies. And my focus has always been like I want to help my community and I want to do work that's impactful and yeah. tangible, um, like, you know, that I finish the work and we can see how it's impacting the communities that we're trying to help. And so that's where city government was incredible. You know, like I was, when I worked at the Taxi and Limousine Commission, I was working with, this was pre-Uber, pre-Lyft. Yeah. Um, and we got all of those markings on the car services that we all take in the outer boroughs and above 125th Street. So that you knew when you called for a car that it was a legitimate car. We put in the passenger bill of rights. We redesigned the taxi logos. And that was all really tangible, exciting stuff that you could see. Uh, DOT, that's, of course, you know, a clear one, right? You see everything on the streets and sidewalks and all over the place that you do. And then Department of Finance was really fun because I'm, you know, one of a handful of people that can explain your property taxes in New York City. So if you need any help, let me know. Watch out for um, what you asked for. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, going to the Brooklyn Chamber was was wonderful because I am, you know, I love Brooklyn. I've lived in Brooklyn for 20 something years. And so it was great to have like even more of a hyper local focus and work in the borough that I love on behalf of small businesses, which, you know, as we all know, and I think the pandemic really highlighted are the lifeblood of New York City and really what makes us what we are um, providing yeah. a ton of local employment. And I got very into economic development throughout my career, partially because I'm a huge transportation geek, which I believe is, you know, closely intertwined with economic development. But yeah. Sort of, I'm a policy person, so generally what I care about is smart policy that helps move our city and all of our communities forward, you know, working together to kind of solve urban problems. So the chamber was a great place to go to do that work in Brooklyn. And that was, you know, an amazing journey that eventually led me to 
that five borough program on behalf of all the chambers of commerce. I think the pandemic really highlighted the, the great work that all of our chambers do on behalf of small businesses. I mean, they're nonprofits and really their sole focus is to advocate, promote and support small businesses. And um, I have so much respect for all the work that the chambers have done. Really, it's been incredible the work over the last yeah. two years, yeah. Listen, a lot of businesses are just so busy running their businesses that they need that support. Yeah, I mean, and most of our businesses, when I was running the Small Business Resource Network, you know, they're median of two employees. These are mm -hmm. tiny businesses. And as you said, the owner is just doing everything and, you know, keeping the books and just trying to comply with all the regulations and make sure they're helping their customers. And, you know, many, many of our small businesses are really community hubs that the neighborhood relies on. So there's that aspect as well. And it's been a really rough two years for them, as you know. I mean, there's some exciting stuff that we're seeing now, right? The mayor just announced the review of all the small business violations, which yes. is a you know, that cross-agency initiative and that review needs to be done in 90 days. And that, that to me is very exciting and promising for Hudson Square, but, you know, small businesses throughout all five boroughs. Very excited to see the governor mention the uh, cheers that hopefully to go drinks is something that can become more permanent. You know, that will be a legislative process, but that will be wonderful for our small businesses as well. Like anything we can do just to give them a leg up these days. And I think that that also will add to a lot of the streetscapes that we've seen really open up. And that kind of leads me into the Hudson Square work that we're doing, right, which is making our streets and sidewalks and parks and plazas for people rather than cars. Um, and we saw a lot of really creative activations during the pandemic, streets that were shut down. You know, my kids were biking up and down various streets that were shut down in Brooklyn that they couldn't have been on otherwise. Um, so I think we're hoping some of that work can continue. Outdoor dining in many parts of the city was such a lifeline to our restaurants. Yeah. So all of these amazing programs, like I'm excited to continue to work on. And um, we'll get a little deeper into the Hudson Square work. But ultimately, what led me there is we do big, impactful projects that make our neighborhood, you know, even more wonderful than it already was. We have incredible architecture that's really based on, you know, really historical, interesting buildings. And from the printing industry, we've moved into the creative industries and life sciences mm -hmm. and you know, our job is really to make sure that those businesses can thrive and that the employees love being in our neighborhood and walking around our neighborhood. And, you know, all of the things that Ellen and the team really worked on from her tenure on is just building on that and sort of putting my own stamp on it. Um, and I'm so fortunate to have walked into an organization that had such strong leadership and has such a great team. You know, it would be helpful if you would describe what your footprint exactly is in terms of the, the streets and if it's avenues. That is a great question because many people, when I was like, I'm going to Hudson Square, I thought it was Hudson Yards. Right. We love Hudson Yards, but no, our neighborhood is, the way that I describe it quickly is we're north of Tribeca, west of Soho, and south of the West Village. So we're bound by Clarkson Street on the north, Canal on the south. Sixth mm -hmm. Avenue on the east and West Street on the west. Um, and we did go through an expansion a few years ago that extended our borders to West Street. Terrific. Yeah, that certainly is very helpful for people to, to realize the area. And, and there's a tremendous amount going on there. I know we've covered a lot of it. Maybe you could just share a couple of the major initiatives that are underway. So some of our sort of initial programs and our signature programs, we have our pedestrian safety managers 
So Varick Street, which feeds into the Holland Tunnel, is can be very difficult to cross. And we have our pedestrian safety managers that help our our local workers and residents get across the street safely and you know kind of slow that traffic down a little bit. So that's been really successful in safety, but also in horn honking, cutting that down to some extent. Mm -hmm. um, we have our award-winning Hudson Square Standard. So these are our larger tree pits and they're really a platinum standard in urban forestry um, and has been nationally recognized. And we also uh, you know, have a large program that got all of these streets and streetscapes finished, which is a $27 million public-private partnership uh, with the city of New York. So all of those programs will continue. And then we're going to continue to build on some of the other ones that Ellen also started. We have the Hudson Square Canvas, which is really beautiful and interesting art that kind of feeds into the creative feeling in our neighborhood, um, going all the way up Varick Street. And I think we want to build that throughout the neighborhood. And we have some, some exciting initiatives that will be coming up there. Um, we really have opened up our streets to pedestrians. So I think Ellen probably would have talked about restorative ground, which is an interactive street installation we have at the corner of King and Hudson Streets. And it's really fun. It's got different levels. There's lots of different things that you can do from active to passive recreation. Uh, we have a ton of bike racks and we're always looking how we can make our streets safer for bikes and pedestrians. And we just came out with a few months ago, the second phase of a master plan, which is a 10 year plan that's really gonna build on this very strong foundation that we, we already have and increase our connectivity with the neighborhoods that surround us over to the Hudson River Park, east to Soho so that people can come into our neighborhood from north, south, east, west, feel safe and excited to be there and really take advantage of all we have to offer. You know, business, I'm sure, is just a big driver, the foot traffic of, of a lot of offices that are in your area. And, and one of them that's under construction is one of the bigger projects, I would assume, in, in the city, which is Disney's headquarters. Yeah. Is there anything that you can touch, uh, talk about in terms of that project and where, where it is in terms of the timeline? So we have, you know, two huge developments going on right now, both Disney and Google, and I really think it's just, we're so excited to have more companies that are gonna come and add to what is already such a vibrant community of creative and innovative businesses and, and make our neighborhood what it is, which is just a wonderful place to kind of think, work and, and play. And so I think having more office workers and we also have more residential residents now than we've ever had mm -hmm. before. It's just gonna add to all of this and enable us to have more diversity in our businesses and you know, enable us to do more for the additional pedestrians and bikers that are going to be coming right. from our neighborhood. So yeah, we're, we're very excited about that and integrate them into our already wonderful community. Yeah. It's a big deal for a community to have an anchor like that, to be able to drive foot traffic for a lot of the small businesses, like the coffee stands to the bodegas. Yeah. And people that are going to take advantage of our parks and, and all of the programming that we have planned you know, last summer we did a lot of open streets and of course we have Spring Street Park and Freeman Plaza's East and West. We're excited to launch Freeman Plaza East that we just renovated and then we have some great programming that we're going to put in both of those this summer. And, you know, we're hoping to close down Little Sixth Street and do stuff there. And so, you know, all of the workers in the neighborhood, we think it'll it'll make them excited to be there and to come back. And I think that a lot of people are are really looking forward to spending time with their 
colleagues and perhaps not being in the house with their families all the time, as wonderful as that is. Right. We're all looking to get out. But what are you seeing in terms of foot traffic now? I mean, obviously, that I'm sure is a, is a big hurdle to overcome with the current variant for the district. But what are you seeing on the streets? So before Omicron really hit, you know, we look at the numbers weekly of uh, subway foot traffic, and then we also have our own sensors that monitor pedestrian traffic. You know, one of the, we have seen an increase in foot traffic over the weekends. You know, that's certainly something that that is growing in our neighborhood. But during the week, we're about a third to half prior to Omicron in mm. terms of foot traffic, you know, during the week that we think indicates what the workers are. We are still waiting because the information is a little bit delayed. We are we did see things start to slow down a little bit that first week that Omnicron really hit us, I would say the week of December 13th. And, you know, our expectation is based on what we're seeing that this wave will not go on forever. It's, you know, maybe a few more weeks of this. And we really think that people are going to be excited to come back to work and, you know, maybe they're going to stay hybrid and have some of these flexible models, but they're still going to want to come in to collaborate. I mean, these are creative companies where you get a lot done by being together. And so we just want to make sure that as people come back in, that the neighborhood is the vibrant place that they remembered it to be and that there's new and exciting activities for them to take part in. We're thinking a lot too about team building and what like community activities that we can do for businesses because I think a lot of people too, as they come back to work and the pandemic is, has opened some people's eyes or just reinforced that they wanna be involved in their community. And so that's something that we're thinking through with some of our community partners is how we can do that. We we're coordinating with the Children's Museum for the Arts around a little Valentine's Day initiative. So we'll have more to come on that. But these kinds of community activations are really exciting to us. It brings our neighborhood together. It brings our partners together. It just, you know, makes for a more vibrant neighborhood that everyone kind of feels part of. And that's something that, you know, Ellen and her team always worked on and is very important to me. And from my prior job experiences, I definitely bring that sense of let's bring our stakeholders together and work together to see what we want and how to make it meaningful for as many of our community members as possible. That's terrific. Yeah, I mean, listen, Ellen was there for so many years and, and you're coming in at a difficult time. Is there anything that you would say that you want people to look back on in your tenure and what you think you want your lasting accomplishments to be? even if it's some big picture things. I feel like you talked about a lot of it, but I would love to hear any thoughts on that. Well, we have a roadmap in our 10-year vision plan, which is a lot of big, difficult projects that are going to really increase the connectivity and safety of our neighborhood. So an example of that is if you've you've seen the 10-year plan, we have this beautiful pedestrian walkway that would go over West Street um, along Spring Street. And... Mm -hmm. You know, that is all of the projects that we have in the plan are going to be long, interactive processes where we're working with our partners in government, we're working with our corporate partners, and we're working with all of our community partners, the community board, the council member, the schools that are in our neighborhood, all the organizations. We have a bunch of really wonderful nonprofits, in addition to all of the amazing commercial tenants that we have and some of our new residents. So it's really going to be building consensus about how we can get some of this stuff done and how we can work together with our partners to also do programming and 
art and all of these things around this. You know, as part of the Google project, they will be building a new crossing to West Street in Charlton Alley. And Great. so that's sort of, I think a lot of our projects are going to be, it's a little iterative, right? So we start with that and then we build toward the larger pedestrian bridge that we're looking for and more crossings. You know, I don't know if you know this, but between Canal and Houston, that's the longest stretch along uh, West Street that doesn't have any crossing into the park. So that's that's obviously something that's very important to us. That's important to everyone in our neighborhood. So we'll start with some wayfinding to make sure that people can get to the new crossing that's going to be there. But then we really want to build upon that and also make sure that our bikers can get across from the east to the west side. So another part of our 10-year plan is an elevated bike lane that would be on Houston Street going east to west and west to east. And And there's a number of other projects that we're looking at over there to really open up Houston Street, activate it, make people more comfortable walking on that far west side over to the West Side Highway and then crossing into the park. So that's another big piece. And then, you know, a lot of it is as our neighborhood is changing, we have more people working and living in the west side, both in the northwest corner and the southwest corner. So to that, and we're also looking at Greenwich Street and how we can make that more pedestrian friendly Um, And working with all of our partners in the neighborhood, you know, we have UPS, we have Department of Sanitation that are right there to see how we can activate these spaces for people with all the needs that they have too, you know, because they have deliveries and trucks that need to pick up salt. I mean, today it's snowing, right? These are important things that need to exist in the neighborhood too. But I think at the end of the day, we all really care about our pedestrians feeling safe and excited to be there. And also the more our pedestrians are comfortable, the more our retailers and restaurants can benefit from that as well, which of course adds to having a very vibrant neighborhood. I love it. You know, I'm curious whether or not you've heard anything in terms of the federal infrastructure money coming down. Is any of that money going to help support any initiatives that you have that you're aware of? I'm not, yeah, I'm not familiar enough with that. I have to get back to you on that one. It'll be interesting to see that federal infrastructure money, how it comes into to local communities and especially where you hit junctures of, you know, major transit points. Obviously, there's a lot of work that we do around the tunnels, including our parks that are right there. One of my favorite things that's happening right now, which I did have to mention to you on the podcast, speaking of tunnels, which makes me think of all of the the trees that we have planted and we expect to plant our 500th tree in the spring, uh, which we're already seeing has real environmental and health benefits. So this is my best example. There's a tomato growing in Hudson Square on Canal Street, like a half a block from the Holland Tunnel. If you check our social media, you can see we go and check on it every few days. We love our tomato. You know, I really think that just attests to all the work that we've already done and will continue to do it makes a difference and it matters. And having trees that with the treatments that we have, um, we're monitoring some of this data now and hope to have more to report in the next few months, but we really think that it helps with flooding. It helps with the environment generally. It lowers the temperature in the summer months. So we're, we're really excited to share some of this and hopefully what we're doing can be reflected in other neighborhoods throughout New York as well. Love it. I think one of the things I would love to end with is just with all this new political elected officials in office, what message would you like them to be most aware of for your district in terms of city council members up to the mayor? 
let me just say, I'm very excited about the new administration and working with the folks in the new administration. I know many of them and they're really hardworking civil servants that care deeply about our communities in the same way that I do. So I'm very excited to work with them to get things done. It's really the focus that the mayor has already spoken about in terms of environmental benefit of parks and biking and walking and all of the things that we do in our neighborhood. We want other neighborhoods to be able to do as well. So anything that we can do to work with the city to help do that and to do more of what we're doing in our own neighborhood, because this, you know, if you've been, we still have a lot of cement around us. And so we continue to do as much green space as we can. And we think there's a lot of potential to continue to build more parks and plazas for, for people. Um, I mean, I think that's the main thing is like, We've heard a lot already from the new administration about how much they want to make sure that our streets are for people. Mm -hmm. And we are completely aligned with that vision. And we look forward to working with them in our neighborhood specifically and our 10-year plan, which is all about that, to making people really excited to be on our streets. And, you know, if there's one thing that I would leave you with, it's, you know, I don't think I, I fully kind of close the loop on your question. Like, what do you want people to remember you for? I think it's that we elevated our neighborhood further and that there's a lot of joy in our neighborhood that mm -hmm. people are excited to be there, that it's a fun place to live and work, that there are great places to eat at and shop at, and that it's a wonderful place to walk around with like little surprising pieces of art that you're like, oh, how do they do that? And you just want to hang out there with your friends in some of the plazas and the parks and take advantage of our programs. And, you know, again, it's just, it makes you happy. I love it. Well, listen, I want to thank you for being on the show and I want to wish you the best of luck. I know you're going to do a great job there and look forward to supporting you guys with anything we can do to help inform the community. Thank you so much. And hopefully we'll talk again soon. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Make sure to subscribe to Schneps Connects wherever you get your podcasts or stream us online at podcast.schnepsmedia.com. <laughs>